being poverty stricken, don't care how much money you have, it you always remember it. Can't forget it. Poverty. Yeah. You're right. But I'm not afraid of it. I'll I'll go back. I'm not afraid of poverty. You day. would go. You would go back to living in Brownsville. Absolutely. And you would be fine. I'll be great. In the projects. Yes. Well, I'm not gonna live in the projects. I'm living <laughs> in the slum houses and shit. I ain't gonna live in the projects. Uh, and you'd yeah. be fine. I'll have to be fine. Okay. Rosie, you also grew up in New York, right? I don't have to shame. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't have to shame like most people. You may know. I just don't have that shame. And then, um, and then Brownsville, I would be a beast there too. Right. I don't have I shame. I don't have shame about it. It's that for me, it's it's the danger element. You know what I mean? That I would have to. You're different. You're a man. I'm a woman. No, it's a different. It's, it's, it's a different listen, dynamic. It's tougher women down there than me. You know the deal is that um, I'm from there, and no one's gonna chase me out of there. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun for both of you. BlueChew.com to the rescue. BlueChew is a unique online service that can deliver the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, but in chewable forms. And that's at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder and stronger erections. Men combat all forms of ED. Because Blue Chew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line in the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Bluechew licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew tablets are chewable. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than the pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. Yes, I said free. When you use the promo HOTBOXING at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue Chew. Dot com promote code hotboxing to receive your first month free. Welcome back to another episode of Hotboxing. I'm Adam Wilkes, CEO of Tyson 2.0. I'm Mike Tyson. And today we got Rosie Perez here with us. Hey Rosie, how you doing? I'm good. Long okay. time no see, babe. Yes. Um, I see a whole lot of things you got here. Are your accolades? First lady of boxing? How did that come about? That's a debate. Okay. Uh, you know my cousin Sixto? Um, he he would call me that just as a joke. And um, and then we were up at the uh, International Boxing Hall of Fame. I was going to be the grand marshal. And I came in and Joe Calzaghi... I, I, can't, I never know how to say Rocky. it. Yeah, he was there, and I said, oh, my gosh, champ, it's so nice to meet you. And he goes, yo, we lost. You don't even know who the hell I am. I said, yes, I do. 
And I got like really like angry at him and he was laughing. And then Al Bernstein was passing by and then we sat at Al Bernstein's um, table and Al Bernstein goes, you're the first lady of boxing. And Sixer goes, I called her that. And he goes, okay, but I'm calling her now that. And then he said it on Showtime Boxing and it oh, stuck. He blew you up. You got blown up. Yeah, so it's um, Al Bernstein's fault. Rosie, when was that? How long ago was that? Oh my gosh, that's a long time ago. I think maybe, maybe 2008. Oh, we saw you around the fights. Yeah, yeah. We saw you around the fights. I love, I love going to the fights. I see, I see. I, I used to be to. in the nosebleed seats, and then I worked my way down. I did that too when I was 18. I watched Roberto the Ram fight. I started way at the top of the or came all the way down. And I was screaming. I saw him wave. I thought he waved to me. And they just, they just <laughs> <laughs> Look at you both now sitting uh, ringside. I mean. Yeah, that's crazy. Did you ever um, sneak down, even though you had a nosebleed seat, and then you see people like leave empty, empty seats and no, kind of sneak um, down? Somebody that would know me from cuffs say, hey, might come in and say, one of the commissioners let me sit front row and stuff. I never had problems getting the Madison Square Garden. I always got in free. Always got in free. In that, uh, yeah, especially when my mentor was alive, always free. So what else are you working on these days? You got a few new shows coming out? Uh, a Ooh. lot of shows. Yeah. Now and Then. Now and Then is, is, is um, that, that, that show almost killed me. That show is like real, real dark. It's a it's a crime drama, and um, I play the uh, detective. Yep. And I um, asked the director, I said, I would love to accept your offer, but it's not enough for me to do. You got to make this more of a media role for me. And, and he says, well, well, let's think about it. I said, well, I did. And I, I said, here, I wrote stuff up for my character, and he liked it, and he put it in. But it was really dark and heavy because I said, there has to be a reason why she's so obsessed with catching the bad guys, you know. Um, and I said, so what I wanted it to be is that her older brother was wrong, wrongly accused, and he got a life sentence out of it, and he ended up, and then they added on, oh, okay, then we'll have him, like he ended up, committing suicide. suicide in his cell. And I said, oh, my God, that's so great. So close there. Yeah. yeah, but it was heavy, like, to work on. But I loved it. You're, you're going to love it. It's it's so good. I, I believe being an actor, you have to be objective to your role and just do it. Yeah. If that's, an actor, that's what an actor does. He do his roles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of sacrifice, too. No doubt about it. People think acting, once they see the finished product, they think it's fun. They think that's hard, that's backbreaking work. It is. It is to me, acting is backbreaking work. Yeah. I saw you I saw you on in the on stage. So yeah. that was hard. Yeah. Okay. But you had so much fun. Even when you were met, I met you messed up a line and you cracked up and you said, <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, he did not. It was fucking hilarious. Oh, God, yeah, that was fun. I yeah. like to be on, I just love the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage. Tell me about this um, big award you accepted, an honor from Obama. What was it like meeting the president? That yeah, you accepted be, an honor from uh, Obama, right? That has been mind-boggling, huh? It wasn't from Obama. Okay. That was wrong. It was from the um, uh, National Hispanic Caucus. Okay. Um, which is a, a very, very powerful political group, and Obama was there. 
and and when I was receiving the award, and um, and we clicked. And when he became, that's when he was Senator Obama, uh, uh, Barack Obama. And then when he became uh, president, um, I got vetted and and asked to join the Presidential Advisory Council on HIV and AIDS. And so I actually worked at, on on his administration. And so that that was crazy. Did, what was that like? Hard. It was a lot of work. It What's was been a, some painful stuff. Yeah, because I was on the prevention committee, thinking of ideas to help with that, and it, it was a lot of paperwork, a lot, a lot of pencil pushing, and you know. But we did it. We came up with the national age strategy. Our our council did, and but it was hard, hard, hard work. Yeah, that's almost impossible. Can I? Uh... Can I ask, this is thir- a 30-year anniversary now for this year for White, man, White can't man Can't Jump, right? Yes. Tell me about that, please. What was it like working put with Wesley Snipes? Put that on, put that on, put What was it like play. working with Woody Harrelson? Um, and then I also heard there's a remake, a remix coming back, like a remake of... Yeah, they haven't, they haven't casted my role yet. Okay. Um, or uh, uh, that's it. So I, but that, I, I believe they casted um, Woody's role and Wesley's role, but they can't find me. So. I got I to gotta say, when Glor- I have a big crush on you uh, when you were Gloria back Aww. in uh, <laughs> early Thank 90s you. then. it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, though. That, that was a lot. We had a little bit too much fun. A little yeah, too much fun. You know, like there it. was on breaks, they would say, I think it's time for a cup of tea and a souffle. And that was code for the fellas were going to go off and get high. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And then they would come back to work and they were stoned. And, and I was like, Really? Guys, really? And they go, you don't want to join in? I said, don't you want to wait till after we work? And they Listen, go, no. They don't do that anymore now. When you're on a set, you don't get everything, all the food or the snacks or the steaks or the, anything you want is on set. You can't leave no more. You have to be, you're in prison until the show is over. I think cannabis is also a lot more accepted now too, right? You could actually yeah, smoke. You can free in the, you can smoke in the, um, on the studio, I believe. Yeah. No, you can't. These days? I mean, now that it's legalized and it's more common and accepted. It's not a rule. Is there a rule? Did I you find, find out the rule, a rule in the studios you can't smoke? Look at your phone. Let's check Are it out. Are we able to we smoke it up? Are you cannabis to smoke? on the movie? Yeah, every studio is going to be different. You're in a studio now. We can spark up here. Uh, yeah, but this is... This White is, people's <laughs> studio. There you go. White okay. Jewish people's studio, Fair enough. okay, in Hollywood. <laughs> you can't smoke, like, on a Warner Brothers lot? Yeah, Jewish white people. Warner look, Brothers, buddy. Look up, look, up, look up in your phone. Oh, my God. Look in your phone. No, you can't. Well, we're trying to find out right now. Let's see, Warner Brothers. Yeah, the cigarettes. Let's say... Cigarettes. Lie a little bit. It might be um, cannabis. Oh my god! No, I, I, no, that, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but when you go, when you work in uh, Europe, when they take a lunch break, they, they come back drunk. Yeah. They like drink. We need to get they're them not, some Tyson two point oh. They're not convert cool. Them, they're not convert cool them over. Cannabis <laughs> or some other place. No, they're not. No. In Spain, they Interesting. are. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but not like in um, Slovakia and shit like that. <laughs> Slovakia? <laughs> Chetnia. You can't do it. No, you, you chop your head off if you smoke some weed in Chetnia. Why would you go to Chetnia? Everybody needs the opportunity to smoke. Oh, my God. Talking about smoking. You're high as fuck, guys. Uh, Mike, you see. giraffe pussy, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> That's great. 
Schedule 35 is a Canadian-based startup that ships across Canada and the United States whose mission is to educate and enrich lives with a deeper meaning and a better sense of self through microdose and psilocybin products. Schedule 35 is the first nationwide trusted brand that makes microdosing accessible and simple to do. Schedule 35 provides a large amount and range of resources to help customers learn and understand the effects of this plant medicine. Through this approach, Schedule 35 has garnered a powerful online social media presence working with many top celebrities, influencers, and creative all across Canada and the United States, along with notable mentions in publications. Schedule 35 is the most trusted and popular microdosing source in North America. An emerging market and movement around psilocybin is proven to help with mental health, PTSD, anxiety, depression. Studies have shown that psilocybin works to create new neural networks in the brain which help boost focus and creativity, mood enhancement, and help fight addiction. Baby, that's me. All products come with the guy that makes microdosing easy to understand. All customers will need to be age verified. Once age verified, they will receive an invite code. For all their products and to get an invite code, visit www.schedule.com. 35.co. Get 15% off with code HOTBOXING at Schedule35.co. Again, that's 15% off at Schedule35.co. And use the code HOTBOXING. Start living a life with deeper meaning, more joy, and self-understanding. Today, baby, it's all today. Mike, you've seen one of my favorite stoner movies of all time, uh, Pineapple Express. <laughs> Never saw that. Tell Come me on, that. please put on Pineapple Express for. I love Seth Rogen, love James Franco. How was it working with those guys? It was great. Yeah. It was great. They're as good fun guys. as they look. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Yes, they're good guys, but they work real, real hard. Yeah, okay. but yeah. Are they stoned uh, during their film while they're working? Majority of them. Oh, oh, so beautiful. it was me, yeah. Kevin Corgan. Um, uh, James Franco and one other guy, we were the only ones that weren't stoned. Everybody really? else was stoned. Everybody James else Franco stoned. doesn't smoke? No, he's sober. He's straight. Well, yeah, he was. I didn't know that, okay. Yeah, he had a, he had a, a, an issue, and so okay. he had to uh, get sober. He had to see Cena, baby. Yeah. Okay. So, but they're, they're real good guys, this and we had it. a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's um, uh, James Franco plays his weed dealer. Right. That's good. I'm, he sells him weed and then gets into trouble with, with the drug dealer. And yeah. the, you're the crooked cop that comes in. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah, it's a Great good movie. movie. You're not going to sit here and watch the whole movie. No, <laughs> no way. Sounds like you want to, Mike. I just want to see her part. My part is not too. Yeah. You won't, you won't be able to find that. Anything. Oh, don't play Watch What Happy's Live. Oh, that. There you are. <laughs> that was James Frankel's idea, the fight scene. Mm. That's the cop. <laughs> he wanted to bite me in my, in my breast, and I said, no. He goes, what about the ass? I said, okay, you can bite me in my ass. Does he bite your ass here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Mike, did you say you've seen this or you haven't, you haven't seen this? We're going to get stoned in my house and watch this then. That's a good one. 
Oh, that was the other guy who wasn't Stone. I forgot his name. He's a great actor. The guy fighting uh, um, Rogan? Seth Rogen. Yeah. 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 So out of the entire cast, four people were sober. That's too funny. Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Great, great actor. Really funny. Yeah, that hurt. I remember that. <laughs> what's what's Kenny Powers? What's his name again? Um, Ken, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Yes. Oh, he's, he's funny. Yeah. He's he is so funny. Yeah, that hurt too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you get older, those stunts they're not they're not fun. They are not fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Solid performance. You fucked you up. You fucked me up. And that's Kevin Corrigan. He's good too. He's very, very good. <laughs> you heard me yeah. shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> So you won, you've also, you were nominated for an Academy Award as well, right? Yes. For what? For this movie called Fearless. It was based on a true story about a, a, a plane that crashes in a cornfield. And it, it was about the survivors. And um, I was one of the survivors. But in the movie, my baby died uh, from the plane crash because the flight attendant told me to hold my baby instead of buckling up. And the baby slipped from my hand. And I have a... Nervous Breakdown. And um, so another heavy film. But that's, that's what it was. And it starred Jeff Bridges and Isabella Rossellini and myself. And that took five months to shoot. And, uh, but that, that's, that was the one. That was the one. That's impressive. Yeah. Very impressive. Oh, thank you. And, you know, the, the heavier roles are easier for me in a weird way. But yet they're, they're much harder, if that makes sense. Yeah. What is your goal in this? I'm sorry? What is the goal that you have for yourself in this profession? Um, my goal? Nobody has ever asked me that. That's your purpose. Oh, my goal is, is to strive for excellence. I mean, I'll never be perfect, but I can at least strive for excellence. And I, my goal is just to keep doing good work, but also to keep opening doors because they treat, you know, Latinos like crap, you know, they marginalize us a lot and, and everything. So I've been fighting for like really good roles. And a lot of times I have to say no to stuff that are, is just crap. And, and um, so those are my roles. Do good work and open more doors. I guess that's all of our purpose now. Yeah? Yeah, because the first person I guess that ever wanted to be a scientist saw a scientist, right? Everybody see what they want to be. I, I saw Muhammad Ali. I wanted to be like him. I saw Robert Duran. That's my uh -huh. destiny. Right. So whoever, yeah, everybody, that's all of us. We all have a destiny. Yeah. Without even knowing. Yeah. But I wanted to be a scientist. A scientist, really? Why? Why? Because I almost drowned at Seaside Heights, New Jersey. And so I wanted to become a marine biologist. I wanted to be the female. You're right. I wanted. I saw Jack Cousteau, and I loved that. Remember Jack Cousteau? I remember him very well. Yeah. And I wanted to be like him. And um, 
And so I was studying that, but then I met Spike Lee and my whole life changed. Yeah. Mm. So. That's something. Yeah, it was something. I was glad. I'm glad he found you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But it was weird. It was weird getting into this nah, profession, but I love it. Um, we were talking um, in my master class. You know, um, some people just touch, some people are necessary for a purpose and, and influence people, whatever it may be. But there's always some people that's different than others in that perspective. Not that they're better, they could die like MS, but just they have special qualities that most people don't have. Right. Yeah, that's just what it is. Yeah. I also, I also, one of my goals too is to continue being. I know this sounds weird, but to continue being like loved and being able to love and 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 to and to be happy because like my childhood was such shit. You know what I mean? Like I just want to like like continue to keep rising above that. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people like they they chase the money, and I do love money. Money is great to have, but like the cliche is true. It doesn't buy you happiness. You know what I mean? And I just wanna. I want to. It depends. I, it depends. Your definition of happiness. What do you mean? Well, you said money can't buy happiness, but it depends on your definition of happiness. Okay. Well, for me, it helps with the happiness, but, you know, it's not a complete sale. You know what I'm saying? For sense of insecurity. You think you have money, you could buy your way out of everything. You know, you, it's impossible for you for you to die. So, what's the really the purpose of having money? Because the richest man in the world can still have his house blown up. True. You know, he can still die and has all the money in the world. So, what's really our purpose for money? Why is that our driven goal? I don't know. Well, Mike, you once said you could have all the money in the world and still have nothing. Exactly. And we were talking about just having no loved ones or having you know people around you to support you and be with you and. Again, money in the end doesn't buy happiness. You're right. No, but no money, money, the good, good thing for money for me is security. Because my when you wife says the same thing. Yeah, it's how all does, about listen, security. How does security? You have you put it in somebody else's bank, right? Me? Yeah. I invest. In somebody else's bank, right? Yeah. That bank crashes. Right. We're fucked for my money. Well, I still have real estate. Excuse me? I still have real estate. Well, real, estate real estate is good too, but it's just not def nothing's definite. You might fall on hard times and have to sell it for somebody that you love or something. Nothing's definite in life. I always prepare my life for nothing and don't expect anything, even though I receive a lot. Me too. Yeah, I never ask and never wish for anything good, only for other people. Were you like that always? No. I had to learn that loving yourself is not buying a new car for yourself or buying a prostitute. It's buying somebody else a new car. <laughs> Giving for yourself is not love, but to other people is love. Okay. It's made funny, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I don't know. I just, I mean, that's, to me, security is everything. Uh, listen, this is what I always tell my friends. If you think a whole bunch of money is going to make you happy... Um, you never had a whole bunch of money before. Because a whole bunch of money puts a person and me and you in a situation like, wow, I don't own that. I don't deserve this. I come from scum. Why do I have this? We get, um, what's that called again? Survivor's guilt. Mm -hmm. And some people throw their money away, give it away. 
until they're mature enough to realize they've been touched, and <clears throat> that's why they're different. Uh... I have a friend like that. He has got up prison for like 40-something years. Um, he got a great um, settlement from the state. He has to do all that money. Never had money in his life. Don't still know what to do. Yeah. So dangerous. He's a dangerous person walking the street with all that money, not knowing what to do with it. I just don't want. I just. I have. I. I still. I'm working on it, but I still have a great fear of being poor again. No. Really? I still have that that fear, and it's. I won't say it's great. Let's say broke. Broke is another word. Broke is good. Poor is frame of mind. Broke has no money. I like broke. The word broke is good. You're well, afraid of being broke again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 like I'm working on it. It's not as a, as great as a fear as it used to be. It's it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um and everything because you know, because as you realize, it's not about the money; it's about the security. Yeah. And if you have security, it doesn't matter where you live. You know what I mean? Just as long as you exactly. have, a, you know, a roof over your head and you have love in that house, and the house is a home, you're good. You know. But, you know, but still, <laughs> poverty is a is a cruel, cruel, cruel lover. Listen, I had a lot of money before when I was a kid, and I always that being poverty struck and don't care how much money you have it. You always remember it. Can't forget it. Poverty. Yeah. You're right. But I'm not afraid of it. I'll I'll go back. I'm not afraid of poverty. You would bad. go you would go back to living in Brownsville? Absolutely. And you would be fine. I'll be great. In the projects. Yes. Well I'm not gonna live in the project. I'm gonna live in the <laughs> slum houses and shit. I ain't gonna live in the project. Uh, and you'd yeah. be fine. I'll have to be fine. Okay. Rosie, you also grew up in New York, right? I don't have to shame. Yeah. Really, yeah. I don't have to shame like most people. You may know. I just don't have that shame. And then um, and then Brownsville, I would be a beast there, too. Right. I don't have, I shame. I don't have shame about it. It's that, for me, it's, it's the danger element. You know what I mean? That I would have to... You're different. You're a man. I'm a woman. No, it's a different, it's, it's, it's a different it's, dynamic. It's tougher women down there than me. You know, the deal is that um, I'm from there, and no one's going to chase me out of there. Right. And that's just what it is. Well, I'm from Brooklyn, too. I still live in Brooklyn. Oh, right. Okay. I, I moved back to Brooklyn, and I remember I had this representative, and she was like, you're, you're afraid of success? I said, no, I'm not afraid of success. And I said, part of my success is coming home. And, and so you got it all wrong. And, and, um, and when I bought my house in Brooklyn, everybody thought, like, I was insane. Now... Everybody wants to live in Brooklyn. Everybody lives Everybody in Brooklyn. Everybody wants my to live in Brooklyn. My whole neighborhood right here is all Jewish and now. Of course, 117, it's all beautiful. No, it's getting even Brownsville? more gentrified yeah. where, where, where you came from. No, not Brownsville, but Best Stuy. Okay. Oh, Best Stuy, forget it. It's a wrap. Yeah, Best Stuy is a wrap. It's a wrap. It's completely gentrified. Wow. Completely. Wow. You still have a burglary. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere, fuel. everywhere. You know, it's you everywhere. Yeah. You know, but forget about it. It's like, I remember one time I was I was coming but on. But gentrification. You know where the the um where 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 Bedford the Triangle Bedford and Lee Avenue is. By, I know by Lee the, Avenue. That's that's um. The Hasidic. I, I know where all the Jewish people and all the um the delis and stuff at. Yeah. I used to go to one of those special ed schools around there. The kid at Avenue A. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh god help me. I first grew up on Lee Avenue in Wallabout. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's in the Hasidic community. I, and there's no other way you could be. It's, that, it's just a trip. Yeah. All there. Hey, you get good, good blintzes, good bagels, and, and yeah, good rocks and creatures there. Awesome. Yeah. The, they have a Russ and Daughters now in Brooklyn. Really? What's Russ and Daughters? It's an really? appetizer deli. Okay. Appetizing deli. Do okay. you know what that means? I don't. No. Appetizer deli is, is, is a Jewish deli where they sell Locks and bagels. Remember Kanish? That's a good Kanish. I love uh, a good Kanish. Uh, mustard yeah. on top. Good oh, corned beef sandwich. What? <laughs> what? What? When we were hustling on the street, you know, we're jostling and snatching <laughs> chains. And after we get our money, we just get some Kanish. We go into Burger King or we go to a little stand thick and Kanish put all the ketchup <laughs> and mustard on it. Yes, oh, the kids. so good. I love a good Jewish deli. Yeah, so it's like that. New York's the best. I mean, it's so, so, so good. You got some of the best food in the world. I was on Bedford and and, and Lee, and I screamed. I was driving with my husband. I was like, oh, my God, look, it's a a hipster bum. It was the first time I saw a hipster hipster begging for money. What the fuck is a hipster? I'm still trying to figure out what exactly a hipster is. But, you know. What What, what is a hipster to be giving out money? How does a hipster have money? It's a human being? Yeah, it's yeah. the way st- oh. someone's style, the way they are, the way yeah. okay. it's like they the dress, their culture. Type their type of style, yeah. Yeah. you know, where they try to look like a beatneck in the 21st century, you know what I mean? And act like they don't care about life and, you know. They're dangerous. Uh, yeah, and all this stuff. <laughs> but I saw someone standing there saying... Uh, coins, you know, have any coins. And I was shocked because seeing that in Brooklyn, you would never see that in Brooklyn. And Mike, that's a, that's, that's a true ju- uh, gentrification. That's a hipster that's right there. That's a hipsters. You see them? Huh? Do you want to taste them? They look like fucking lumberjacks. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, it was so sad. I gave them money. You did? I did. For what? I gave them money. I gave them, a, I gave them money and a bag of potato chips. You know, they look that bad. They look that bad. They look that bad. They they look like they were they were severely fiending on drugs. It was really really sad. Um, but yeah, that's that's parts that's deep in Williamsburg. You know, yeah, man. Williamsburg's in the seventies used to be a bunch of Puerto Ricans. Yeah, it changed a lot, huh? And Williamsburg yeah. was Puerto Rican heaven. Yeah. That's why I was born in Williamsburg, mm. in, in Greenpoint Hospital. Greenpoint, too, yeah. That was, that was a dangerous neighbor, but it was a lot of Puerto Ricans there. They used to always be fighting us and shit. <laughs> Rosie, did you, you know ever that? live out here? Yes, did I did. you ever live in L.A., being in the Hollywood scene? I lived scene in L.A. And... when I went to college here in L.A. Okay. And I also... You've been to college? What college you been to? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of shit under your belt. <laughs> I, I failed the GED twice. I'm double dog. <laughs> you got a fucking graduating degree. What the fuck, man? You got how many degrees you have? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't finish. I didn't God get my degree because I met Spike Rosie. Lee. Yeah. yeah. But I also lived out here. I came back uh, when I did in Living Color. Okay. But okay. but I would fly back and forth all the time. And oh, I you would kill the Living Color. They had to get you off. You take all attention, huh? Oh, no, girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, 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 right? They said, now she's teaching us too good. Yeah. I, I, I left when um, Keenan left. Yeah. I left in Living Color. My, my assistant, um, he took over, Arthur Rainier. But um, 
Yeah, that's when I was, that's also. And then after that gig, I said, I don't want to live in L.A. So what point did you come across? When did Spike Lee and you connect? And how when did I was, that, was, that started your no, acting in, career? Yes, in my second year of college. In my second year of college, I was going to go back to New York and hopefully transfer to Stony Brook. You know Stony Fuck Brook? Fuck that shit. They were you who <laughs> and you then I met Spike Lee. Exactly. It was meant for you to be who you are, man. It was written. Yeah. Was yeah. that in the early late 80s, early 90s? or? Um, it was in 1988. Okay. Middle wow. 80s. In the mm-hmm. 80s. Just a few years before uh, Man Can't Jump. Yeah. Right on. So, so um, Do the Right Thing was filmed in 88. Even though they okay. said the song, 1989, yeah. the, uh, with a uh, uh, public enemy <sighs> and stuff. And, um, and they had my big poster of me on the wall. That's right. Really? Yeah, when I was a little kid. You, you're the cool. reason why, um, did Spike ever tell you? What? You're the reason why he put me in the, um, the boxing outfit for the opening credits. Oh, yeah, when you were dancing with the boxing outfit? Yeah. And I was so mad because my punches looked like garbage. Hey, it looked beautiful. It <laughs> I was so tired. I was so, so tired. We shot that for eight hours. seductively, beautifully punched. Oh, there you go. But but he was the reason. because What made you become a choreographer? <laughs> how did you become that? What made you, want to, what made you think, I could teach these bitches how to dance better? <laughs> <laughs> No, really, right? You so that's what you did. Oh, I can help them so much. They're big stars, they just don't know, they just don't got that magic. I can give them that magic. Do you think like that? Yeah. Yeah, okay, this you have to think. Um, they need the magic. I'm the magic, and they have talent, but they don't have the magic. Well, the way I became a choreographer was I was still a college student. And for what? For what through the school? For science? That's what you Yeah, biochemistry. About? And and the talent scout from Soul Train came and asked me to be on Soul Train. And I said, only if my girlfriends go, come. And they said, are they hot? I said, yeah, they're hot. So he allowed them, us all to go. And Is the biochemist like internalist? No. All right, what does it tell me about bio? What, what you biochemistry, doing? I was doing organic biology. That okay, means cool. like life, you know, and all this stuff. And I wanted to concentrate on, on, um, on sea creatures like urchins and all that kind of stuff. And um, starfishes and, and and everything, and but you had to major in biochemistry to go ahead and. My daughter's one of those people. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, while I was at um, Soul Train, um, a record company executive, Lil Silas Jr. from MCA Records. Lil Silas. Lil Silas. Oh, Silas. And he comes and he saw me dancing hip hop off camera, and he goes, "How come you don't dance that on camera?" And I said. Don Cornelius won't allow us. He doesn't like hip-hop. And that was a big secret back then. And he goes, well, can you teach that to my a new recording artist? He's going to leave his group. I said, who is he? He goes, it's a secret. Just tell me, can you teach it to him? I said, I'm not a choreographer. And he said, I'll pay you $1,600 a day. I said, I'll be there Monday. And that's how <laughs> I became a choreographer. And that recording artist was Bobby Brown. So that was my first client. Uh-huh. Listen, I met Dinah Ross one day, and I, I, I became a little softer for some reason. I was just so happy to be in her presence. She took a picture of my daughter, and that's, that's awesome. Wow. That's the best picture in my house. She had the same effect on me, because she was supposed to come to rehearsal for three weeks. I was supposed to teach her hip-hop. Yeah. She never came to one fucking rehearsal. She didn't show up. So when the day of the music she's video, the boss. yeah, because she's the boss. <laughs> when the music video, um, Tracy Ross goes, "Hi, I'm Tracy Ross." I said, "Hi, would you like to meet uh, my mom?" I go, "Fine," you know, because I still was like kind of pissed off that she didn't come. Oh, she can show you. And she opened the door and she went, "Hi," I went, "Hi," and I just melted. 
I melted, and she was fantastic. She's fabulous. She's stunning. She's amazing. And everybody know, don't fuck with her. Yeah. Do you know that part of it? That side yeah. of it? Yeah, don't fuck with the boss. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, well, sounds like she has some good energy. Just from huh? both of you guys' experiences with her. Yeah. Like just the energy she gives she has off. Big, she has a big, 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 big heart. But at the same time... She don't take no shit. She's, tough. she's in charge. I mean, that's why she lasted so long. Yeah. You know that's what I'm saying? That's why she's the boss. She's yeah. the boss before Springsteen was. You want me to ask the questions? Yeah, go for it, nigga. No, nah, but tell us... Tell Expose us. yourself. Self, Self-analyzation. <laughs> Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Oh, I was woman. at that fight. It was the women's fight. It was the first uh, main, female main event at the Garden, Madison Square Garden. It was a banger. Those two girls went at it. I thought it was a draw. They gave it to Katie Taylor. Uh, she did have all the belts, so but they should have called it a draw and then given her the belt, you know, by split decision. You know, that's your opinion. That's my opinion. Right, so we, can we talk more about boxing then? Yeah. All right, so check this out. What do you think about Canelo losing? I thought that it was, I, I thought he lost. I thought he lost, but what do you think? That, do you think it was his time? He's getting too old or he's too soft with all the money that he possessed? What do you think the reason that he actually lost? Because this guy just really used some real basic stuff to beat him. He did. And almost knocked him out. I think, you know, I, I, I have nothing against Canelo. I think he's a fine man. You know, some people say this and that about him. I don't care about all that stuff, right? But I think what happened was his ego got in the way. He thought that he could take on a bigger man. You know, it wasn't he's in done his, it before, though. He's done like it he before, but now, like Bevo, he didn't study him. He wasn't ready for him. He overlooked him. He shouldn't have overlooked him. He should have gotten very, very serious too. about him. You I know? agree 100 percent that he overlooked him. I'm a fighter. I know how that goes. You say I beat everybody else. How can I beat this bum? And he probably. But listen, I, if he gets, if he builds his desire up and really wants to fight and go all out, you know, win or nothing, I think he'd be a, he'd give a better. Um, Performance in the last one. Yeah. Well, he's going to fight Triple G. Who you got now? Who's going to fight Triple G? Canelo. He's going to fight. Uh, they made it official. Why is he going to fight after Triple G after he got his ass kicked? <laughs> he, 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 <laughs> wanted to, he said he wanted. He put Triple G on the fence for forever. As soon as he lost to Bevo, he went and he said, okay, I'm ready to fight Triple G. And so there'll That's be just, their third match. The guy has so much money, though. They're paying him for these fights. It's really. He's been getting a lot of money. This guy, he's getting from, heavyweight from, money. From uh, Matchroom Boxing, DAZN? No, I'm talking about that he's making money. This guy, Canelo. Well, they he's said making that his heavyweight pay- money. They said his pay-per-view numbers were great, but not for his level. Listen, he has so much endorsement. He's like a superstar. He is a superstar. He doesn't have to fight. He, he doesn't. He does not have to fight. I don't know why he doesn't get hit and hurt. That's he, funny because when people, be over for people say, would you ever go into boxing? I go, no, I don't like to get hit. I used to I used to get in fights all the time. I don't like it. And they say, well, why do you like to watch it? And I go, that's a good question. <laughs> you know what you don't know about yourself? You think you don't like to get hit until you really get hit. Or you're, or you're back against the wall and you have to fight for your life. Then you really know if you're a fighter or not. Yes. Yes. I used to get my, I used to get my ass kicked when I was younger. And then I got tired of getting my ass kicked. And we all. And that's how I learned how to fight. I started, like, fighting back. And even if you had me on the ground, I would go, is that all you got? I would get back up, you know, oh, limping. Oh, no. Nigga had me on the ground. I'm spitting in his face. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. such a sick guy. Yeah, yeah. But that's street fighting for you. Yeah. And and you have to be like that. You you have to. And um, And then there was this one girl, the last fight I ever had, 
this one girl, um, she overlooked me, and uh, it was ugly. And after that, nobody tested me. Everybody just left me alone. They were like, oh, my God, this bitch is crazy. Yeah, the neighborhood, that neighborhood, nobody fucks with you anymore. Yep, yep. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's performance package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old men's hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Manscaped is designed with fathers in mind, and a performance package 4.0 is here just in time for your pop's special day. Inside this package, he'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserve ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of his goodies. First off, let me start by saying the lawnmower 4.0 will be the official MVP of Father's Day. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight he needs for a more precise shave. Does your dad use the same trimmer for his body and face? Ugh. Let's throw that out the window and give him the upgrade he deserves. But wait, there's more. Manscaped just launched their brand new boxes 2.0. We all know dads love their comfort. With summer just around the corner, the boxes 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. These new boxes are packed with revolutionary features, including the jewel pouch, designed to cradle his boys in their own special space. This right here is a game changer. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code HOTBOXING at manscaped.com. And again, that's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code POTBOXING in the house all day long. Happy Father's Day to all the present fathers in the world today. The first fight I ever cried at was um, Willie Benitez Jr. versus um, Sugar Ray Leonard. Do you remember that fight? Wilfred Benitez. Yeah. Alfredo. Uh, he, he trained in my camp when I was a little boy. He, he was did? a bad ass. Yeah. He was. He didn't train really that good for, good for that but, um, Leonard fight and stuff. He was dating Leonard's sister while he was fighting. He was? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my Benita gosh. Benita is such a bad motherfucker, man. You saw how easy he beat Duran? Duran's master fight. Vicious animal he beat him so easy. Yeah, he was my favorite fighter. Such a great fight. He was mine for a while, too. And then Marvin Hagler. Ooh, but then and then um, Duran came. Oh, watch, oh, I'm going to watch this shit. Oh, no. <sighs> Listen. Put it on the second round when he dropped Benitez and Benitez give up, comes up and put a boxing exposition like no. Well, fuck. you're 79. Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! This is the first fight I ever seen. This is the first fight you ever saw. I was locked up in this fight in juvenile detention. This guy's been champion of the world since he's been 17 years 17 old. 17 years old. Well, look at try to hit him. Oh God! <laughs> 
<laughs> look, look at this man. Oh, try to hit this guy. Look at this guy, man. Whoa. He's like, whoa. He gets me excited, this guy. I love this fight. Look at him. I haven't seen this in so long. I did not know he dated his sister. sister. Yeah. Did Sugar Ray, was Sugar Ray cool with that? I don't know. Oh, no, look at this round. He drops in this <laughs> round. Wow, look at him moving his head. Yeah, he's good. That, that. Hold on, watch when he watch, get watch, up. He go, he go. Now, this is where it happens. This is where it happens. He's going to try to kill this guy. Watch this shit. This is, watch this shit. Oh, come on! Man, do you remember the way Devontae Davis served that uppercut to Leo Santa Cruz? My God. He killed him. I did, too. He's he's the man to beat in that division. Top guys got to fight him like Shakur, Haney. Everyone got to put it in their hat. Um, Not even, um, what's the guy, the Ukrainian guy has to be even put in his hat. You have to get the... Well, Lomachenko? Uh, Lomachenko, yeah. You have to, you have to, because he's still a good threat, too, as well. He is. Did you think it was a fluke that he lost to Teofimo Lopez? No. Or was it the issue about that he ripped his rotator cuff? Well, listen, um, that's just excuses. He just got overfought. He just outfought him, outsmarted him. He's stronger than him. And that's just what it was. Everybody has excuses when they lose. Right. No one has excuses that they won. But when you get this level of the game, only the smartest win. That's why that guy Usyk beat the shit out of Joshua. He, he was smart, too fast. His jab was too, too fast. So if um, Joshua don't know how to put the pressure and use his jab, same thing's gonna happen. Yeah. He has to use his hook and his jab. Man, I was there at the Ruiz uh, uh, Joshua fight. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting next to um, the champ, uh, Clarissa Shields. Oh, she's serious. She's serious. She's serious. So we're all rooting for, you know, Joshua. Then there's a Latino in there. And I said, oh, my God, he's going to win. And she looked at me with the meanest look. And I went, I'm sorry. (laughs) She looked like she wanted to punch me in the face. And I said, I think he's good. And then when he won. He banged him. Oh, my God. God, that shot. Everyone has a chance. That's what God allowed everyone the chance if they if they try. Rosie, you still fight? You train, fight still? I have I threw out my back, so I'm not in the greatest shape right now. Uh, I haven't been able to um train for like three months, but I I train at um I used to train at Trinity uh and down uh by you know uh Tribeca and um the two brothers, they the the one brother, uh, John Snow, who um, trains me. He opened up a boxing gym in Midtown called Victory Boxing, so I still go over there. Um, he goes slow with me, you know. I I, I at times I I I think I'm younger. And you hurt yourself. Huh? And I hurt myself exactly. <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. And he's always telling me, slow down. My wife is always saying, slow down, baby, okay? Slow down. You're not as young and strong as you want. What do you mean I'm not as young and strong as I am? Exactly. Oh, come on, baby, baby, put the machine on me. I'm hurt. Yeah. But I love I love boxing. I love it. I love it. And, um, you know, because I have a fat gene in my family. <laughs> so I should be like, right now. In the same way. Yeah. And so it's the boxing is what, because it's the only thing that I don't get bored at. I go, I get bored being at a gym. 
I do. Just lifting weights just, or whatever I, it is. It's just not. Treadmills. It's just not me. It's just not who I am. And and so boxing took the place of dancing. Okay. And um, it's incredible cardio. Yeah, but I also workout. used to um, uh, study kung fu, and that changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. It changed my life. It would kick a bitch or anything. Yeah. If you see the picture, <laughs> show the picture on my Instagram. I, I trained with um, uh, Sifu Shi Yaming from, who from the from? Shaolin Temple yeah. all the way down. That's me and Sixto in the car. That's Sixto. Ooh. You're looking good. That you looking good right there? That's not you, right? Damn. Oh, that's a good picture right there with the hat. Oh, what are you trying hat? to do? Oh, that's my natural hair. Yeah? Oh, cool. Um, that's my aunt who raised me. Uh, and she have a hair? Yeah. Um, Who's that fighter? Uh, that's Ryan Garcia. He looks like him. He's a good fighter, too. He's a good fighter, too. He gets a lot of crap. But he's a good fighter. Oh, did, did I take it down? What did you take down? You didn't tell me hers, I see. Or maybe you pissed. No, I, may, I think I took it did. down then. What was it? Yeah, tied to my it's blanket. It's me and my, and my seafood and um, uh, training. Okay. And really? I, um, I, I was great at high kicks. My sidekick was sick. I was great at um, sword fighting. So you tell me you can kick a bitch oh, ass wow. right she this second. Right this second, you'll no, kick. No, I, I probably, I'll probably like pull a muscle. I'll okay. probably pull a groin muscle if I tried it like right now. There goes me and you when oh, we were younger. Look at that. Look at that. We were young. Look how young. Oh, there goes you and Floyd. Y'all don't look as good as we looked then. Yeah, look right there. Why right you, there. Look why, at that. Why? Oh, look at that baby. Ah! That's you. That's you. That's you. How old is you? Look at my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, that's when I only used to wear lipstick. You know, makeup. That's I, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we? Um, somewhere with the boys. The band, right? Yeah, the, the boys group. who idolized you. Yeah, I choreographed them. And um, What year is that? I don't remember. Late 80s, maybe? No, I think it, early 90s, I would, I would say. And I remember everybody, because back then it wasn't a thing, that I was wearing a men's suit and a men's tie. Everybody was like, what is she wearing? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't even look like that no more, Dad. Right? I don't look like Dad then. Huh? You look like this guy now. Yeah, a little bit. That's, that's part of it. Yeah, I don't look like that either. <laughs> uh, tell us about your experience on Soul Train. How did you miss Mr. How did you meet Mr. Cornelius? How um, did you get the job anyway to meet the guy? I already told you. I was in a nightclub dancing with my girlfriends after a science lab class, and and a somebody told you to come dance. No, we used to go to the club all the time. We would go there early because it was ladies' night for free, so we sneak in for free, and and then a talent scout from Soul Train was looking for dancers, and he pointed me out and said, would you like to dance on Soul Train? And that was it. Nobody never pointed me out for anything. It's gone. One, one just looked at you and said, you, you, you deserve to be on Soul Train. Well, I was dancing, yeah. too. I was dancing. So when that happened, what did you think? This? 
I thought it was just for fun. Really? I did. And so that's why I used to dance so crazy, because we thought it was silly and fun, and I didn't understand. You thought that was silly the way you were dancing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And, and, um... Anybody have their opinion, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it was silly, yeah. I think it was and, real silly. And I stopped because my father called me, mm. and it finally got to Puerto Rico, and he was like, why are you dancing like that? Stopped. Didn't go back. Because it upset him. I was like, you know. Time has changed that. I know, but that's some Puerto Rican thing. You know, that's the Puerto Rican thing. Do they still do that? The man runs the family, he's the boss, he's the rule. They don't do that no more. No, do they? they don't really do that anymore. Because basically, the men really didn't run the. It was really they the woman. They the did, woman yeah. let him um, uh, uh, do that. Oh, I wish you would find that thing. It's so amazing. Um, Sifu Xiaoming, uh, Shaolin Temple. It's on his Instagram, I think, too. So anyway, so you got this, you got this, you got that, and what other? We got a lot of shit. Well, the hottest thing right now is the mic bites, the ears. Have you seen those? No. So they're so gummy ears with a bite out of them. Like a van that's um, <laughs> Not his ear. I don't have any. <laughs> no, you did not. It's a, did I show up, mic bite? No, open up. I don't have, there's, it's not, there's no gummies oh, in this one. Oh, nigga, who got it's an ear with a bite out of the ear, and it's in a gummy form. We have uh, sour apple, watermelon, uh, mixed berry, and now we got chocolate ears coming out, lollipop ears. I gotta show you. It's not a Vanders ear, but. Do you yeah. remember what you said to me after that fight? My thing. We saw each other at Cheetahs. Remember okay. Cheetahs, the club Cheetahs? Do you New want York? me to say this off camera? In New York. In New York. These are the year. Oh, the that's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, I gotta bring that home. We'll get you, we'll get you some bags. Um, Okay, what I say after the fight? Milk and white chocolate. Okay, we're gonna hear what I said after the fight to Rosie after a bit Van Der Zeele. Go ahead, what I say, Rosie. You came back to New York, you walked into Cheetahs, you walked in and everybody was so in awe and terrified of you at the same time. It Fuck. was like I was like that back then. Yes, it was like it was like Moses parting the the, the Red Sea. Everybody just moved the fuck out of your way, and I was standing. Uh, toward the back, and you went, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm good. And I said, what the fuck were you thinking? And you laughed, and you and you hugged me, and you said in my ear, you said, that motherfucker just got me so fucking mad. He fucking headbutted me, man. <laughs> Little fucker. Do you remember that time we was in a club and this guy pulled a gun out on my sister Sally? <laughs> and you, and you, I didn't know what to do, right? Everybody was like freaking out and, oh, and he God. was standing up. It was at Red Zone. It was at Red Zone. We're parrot Red Zone. Red Zone. And, and we, and uh, it was Puffy Night. And we, I go, I go climb up uh, the stairs. I see Mike. I don't know why I said, get Mike Tyson. The guy has a gun. I go, get Mike Tyson in my head. So I go, I go up there and I said, Mike, Mike, look down there. The, the guy pulled a gun on, on my sister because she wouldn't dance with him. And you went, let me go talk to him. And you, <laughs> and you went right down to him, went up to him like this, his gun, like put like this your finger, like if you have a gun, right? And you went, you, the Mike went, Come on. Come on. <laughs> and that oh was my it. God. <laughs> Holy that shit. was it. And then I, the bodyguards came in and threw the guy out. I used to be and... crazy when I was younger. Oh my God. Holy that was shit. so funny. And then, I have so, I have so many stories. Do you Ooh. remember with Naomi Campbell? Oh, what happened? You were at MK's. Remember that that nightclub? Yeah. Okay. You were with Naomi Campbell. 
and she had hair all the way down to here. I'm not saying nothing. I don't want to say nothing. <laughs> I don't want to hear nobody. She had hair down to there. I love the hair. I love Naomi. I love Naomi too. She's a badass. <laughs> Are you kidding? I love that lady. I love Naomi. And she was whipping her hair back and forth, and it hit my sister. And my sister said to you, who's the lady with the horse hair? <laughs> And you laughed so hard. You laughed so hard. And Naomi is such a badass. She stepped right in front of my uh, sister's face and she goes, say that shit to my face. And you laughed so hard. So hard. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought there was going to be a fight. And you went right in between them. And you're like, all right, ladies, calm down. Naomi, and you always it. talk like she's going to fight somebody. So I want to see her fight somebody. Why? Because she always talk about what she's going to do to somebody. Okay. Sometimes she does it. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her. I love her, and she still looks fantastic. Naomi will beat your ass, though, guys. Don't unless. Yeah, don't. Me uh, no, I, I, w I would not want to get in a fight with her. Here it is. Let us know. Oh, you found it. Are you kidding me? You usually put everything. Well, that's you. That's me. Oh, uh, look, put that shit in there. This is the kick? Oh, look at that kick, man. Holy shit. Like blood sport right here, John Claude Van Damme. Can you do it right this second? That's Hell crazy. no! Why not? I was just gonna say, Hell Holy yeah! Shit. <laughs> do you see how high that shit is? You can do it right here, and ain't high in that ceiling. No, 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 no. I'm not even gonna try to play myself right now. You, did you do kickboxing? Uh, you kickboxing? No, I didn't do kickboxing. That's impressive. No. Look, look over there, right after the guilty thing. Which is your page? Yeah. Right after. Just hold it, hold it up. I'll get it on the camera. Oh. So what's the deal? Is these um, Charlene guys, do they have sex? The who? I don't know. Why are you going to ask Which me something uh -huh. like that? I don't know if they have sex or not. Have what? you read about them having sex or anything? Yeah, there you go. That's my seafood. She yummy. He doesn't look like he wants sex. He has kids. He defected. He oh, came yeah. to the United States, yeah. And well, then press the button, the hour button. And that's the kid. Wow. That's very impressive. I just don't understand why you can't do it right this second. Because I haven't trained. I'm not going to hurt myself. Yeah. My, I'm old. You're not old, baby. Trust me. Okay, I'm older. You're, you're mature. I'm mature. Okay, I like that. I'm mature. This is like what I say before. We let one man dominate our way of thinking about ourselves. This guy, Julius Caesar, said 365 days is a year. And before that, how do we tell our age? You know, before this guy Caesar came around. So how old are you really? Because he said that's how old we are. Motherfucker that's dead now. He didn't live forever, told us how old we are. We might be 10,000 years old, who knows? We don't know. I like getting older. Huh? I like it a lot. I do. I do. I don't like like my body getting older, but I like this getting older. I like it a lot. It is what it is. Life is just a beautiful process of dying. And it's all, and it's, and it's a, as soon as it starts, the process begins. Mm. Do you believe in life after death? Like just a coming back as a honestly, I believe spirit? that I don't know everything. That's what I believe in. I believe in gathering as much information as possible. Still not knowing. Anything. And still not knowing. And I think that that's true wisdom. You know what I mean? And the humility to admit it. You, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I'm like, I don't know if that's real or not. I don't know. And, 
you know, I studied Kung Fu and studied Buddhism, and I'm like, that is beautiful. I don't know if that's real or not, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just trying to open and expand my mind as possible. And, and We don't and, know what's real, but we can make it real. That's true. We can make it real. What do you think about Aerosmith and Terrence Koloff? Oh, my God. Defining fight for both, both of them. They're both fights. They're both great fighters. Yes, for both of them. And I'm a fan of each of them. Um, I've been a fan of Terrence Crawford longer, um, you know, but Earl Spence Jr.'s last fight against Ugas. That was hell. What? He looked good in that fight. He sure did. And, oh, my God, what about Derek James, the trainer? What happened to him? He helped him win that fight. What'd he do? He snapped him out of it. He did get dropped, too, right? The guy dropped him. I didn't see all that. I used to highlight. He dropped him because... He, he didn't, it, he said it was a rookie mistake. It was protect yourself at all times. He was trying to talk to the ref and everything, and, and Ugas just clipped him. And, and, it was um, a good fight. Yeah, what, but... It wasn't but, easy. But um, that's when Derek James, like, you know, people don't always... I see on these boxing shows, they don't always give the accolades to trainers that they should. Some trainers are BS, but there's a lot of trainers that I think that are not. Do you agree with me or no? Hey... Sometimes you have to take the, the role as the invisible man. Because all, all, the, all the accolades, all the glory goes to that man in that ring. Only glory you get is what you get when he opens his mouth and congratulates you. The glory goes to him. Whoever he gives it to, God, whoever, but he says him to give it to him. He put in the work. He got beat up. That's the real that We helped him not to get beat up, but once he's in there, it's all up to him. Would you would you ever train a fighter? Are you do you train fighters? I don't have that kind of patience. Right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wake up every morning and get this guy up, make sure he's running, doing his exercise and all that stuff. I, I took all the punches for my my children and have to take any punches. I, I don't have time, I have business to do. I don't have time to be in the, the gym every day. All day. That's what a trainer does. He's in the gym every. That's the job every day, all day, in the gym. So I'd rather be making eight million dollars somewhere than being in the gym all day, every day, <laughs> being sweaty. Yeah. Getting mad at some kids because he hasn't didn't he, he didn't do what I asked him to do. He does it every day when I'm not home. I'm not at the gym, but when I'm near, he doesn't do it. Mm. Talking to a kid about his family problems. Listen, when you're a trainer, you're, you're, um, you're a psychiatrist, you're a mother, you're a father, um, you're a stepfather, you're an uncle, you're everything. Wait a minute. Let's go back to who do you think will win, Earl Spencer or Terrence Crawford? I like Crawford a lot. After that last fight, oh, it's going to be interesting. Right. He beat... Um, Porter with, with rather ease. And Porter, I think, beat Nustin. Ugas. Ugas. I believe he beat Ogas before a distance. It's going to be interesting. I like Crawford, but it ain't going to be an easy fight, I don't think. If it's an easy fight, I'll I, I drop that. <laughs> it's really going to be interesting. I'm going to make sure I'm there. I want to be there, God too. willing. If I'm alive, I like to go. And you go to a lot of m and M MMAs. Yeah, I like I to go there because there's a lot of excitement there. You go there and it's, um, the fight's over and in the media, we're partying in there. Really? Yeah, you never been to one? 
I went to one before it was UFC. Oh, man, it's And a I've never been to a it's UFC a fight. Never been. Club. Really? Vegas is a club. Yeah, yeah. we've been. Yeah. And you've been to a few times. It's a club, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Incredible. Amazing environment. No. Are you an MMA fan? Beautiful people. Yeah, I watch, I watch MMA. Okay. Yeah, Just I not, do. You haven't been. I'm not as knowledgeable in that medium as I am in, in as in boxing. boxing. But but um, I do like it. I do like it. Um, who is that? Who is that? Um, Oh gosh, Brazilian fighter with the with the blonde hair that just won, very like stringy muscle. Look him up, the Brazilian guy with the blonde hair. Alex Salisbury. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, he just fought. like that type of MMA fight. Yeah, okay. I like a lot. You like that? Yeah, Why? I like it. Why? That was the main event. Yeah. Because is what you were saying earlier. He thinks, like, in nanoseconds. You know what I mean? He can he could get oh, knocked down. Oh, his reaction down. time is unbelievable. The right? way he it's sick. crazy, it's crazy sick. to watch he's so him fight. Smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, like you know, like I when, didn't think he was gonna. Honestly, he's he's been on fire, and I thought this was gonna be the one that he possibly possibly lost. Well, guess who? He fought uh, what's a white guy's name? Big uh, shit. Yes. Ooh, Gigi the bad motherfucker. I interviewed him too. You didn't see this fight? Let's see it now. You gotta see it. Yeah. It's crazy. I thought he had him. I thought he had him. But this other guy, the reaction time is crazy. Like he just, he's so fast to turn and move. You know, I have to be honest. I I don't want to say who, but somebody told me, they were like, you wouldn't enjoy a, a UFC fight. And I said, Why? And they said the crowd is just too crazy. I said, I love them. That's you would love what you like. You'd be so yeah. enthused, baby. You go all the time. It is different from boxing. You make so many new friends. Is, the crowd is very different. It's from very boxing. very different, yeah. right? Is there like a lot of testosterone in the? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This guy's afraid of nobody. Guy in the blue. He's not afraid of anyone. There's probably there's a lot of women that go there. Really? Boxing. Yeah, for sure. There is. Yeah? You prefer boxing? I prefer boxing, but I like MMA. I hate when people say, boxing oh, you gotta choose. You don't cool. have to choose. You saw, that, you saw that drop? Yeah. You got dropped, yeah. Yeah, they, and watch. True. Mmm, <laughs> mmm. Somebody, ooh, playing that game. Right. Trying to warn him on his back, right? Because he's on the floor, right? Yeah. One, Justin, hit Now, see, did the ref tell him to get up, or did he get up on his own? Get up. I think, I think Knock him down before he can get up again, Justin. Punch. You got to punch, man. Is it a, is Waiting it a too action? long. Oh. Mm -hmm. This was a great fight. It's a great fight. He's always in great fights, this guy. Well, that's what I need. I got sick. Submission, right? Isn't that how it ended? Did you take him out? I think so. Right? I don't remember. Yeah. I think so. Please, man. You ever get kicked? Like kicked, kicked? Like a martial arts kick? Have you ever? I had some heavy kicks. Man. Man. You've done this? Never in my life. Would you do it just for the sport of it or the training of it? Only for money. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Awesome, well, Rosie. Thank you for coming out today and joining oh, us. You're leaving us. Boxing. Thank oh, you for coming here. By no, it, was a, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you. Okay. Um, I didn't know we were rolling on those funny stories. I was just.
reminiscing with y'all. You know? <laughs> All right, Rosie. Yes, Mike. How many millions of people are watching her? A lot, a lot of millions. A lot of millions of people are watching you. Number one show on Lulu. But anyway, tell them what you want. Just tell them. Is there anything you need to know about you, your Instagram, your life, your family, your new um, occupation? Just anything. Talk to those people, millions. Oh, my goodness. Um... I want you to know that I try to be a good person. I'm trying not to be an asshole on a daily basis. I'm just trying to get out of my own way and just do amazing, amazing work and just keep striving for excellence. If there's anything that you want to know about me and that I'm corny as fuck, I really am. And I like it. I like it. And, um... <laughs> and, um... I love boxing, as you guys know it, and and I'll never, ever, ever stop loving the sport. And I actually have a love-hate relationship with it, and nobody knows that. Um, and um, please watch my work, and, and please continue to support me because I truly, truly appreciate it because I'm nothing without you guys. So uh, I've got a new TV series on Apple. Uh, TV Plus. Latinos represent, okay? Represent. Yeah. Latino. Latino. It's called Now and Ay, Then. Ay, Galindo. Yeah, and oh, I, I speak... Galinda. And I speak Spanish throughout the, the, uh, the series. <laughs> and um, what else do I want to say? Um, I think everybody should be nicer to each other. Sounds really like do. my wife here. Let's save the world. I do, I do, I do it. Yo, there's people who try to save me. So I like to try to pay it forward. You know what I'm saying? So, I learned this in life. No one can help the world, but everyone can help somebody. That's right. Yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah. So we can't do nothing with this. Uh -huh. It's been written already. Everything that's been written, all this stuff has been written before we, thousands of years, trillions of years before we've been born. So we have the great Rosie Perez with us. And we are so appreciative. Thank you very much, Rosie. Thank you so much.